It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. I'm going to wait until the main swell has gone past yep. us and then drag them towards the sinking ship. Yep. Can I take an athletics check from Lorelei with Bugsy giving them advantage? That's a 12. Oh God. Okay. So I think that you pull and heave against this giant swell as it rolls beneath your friends. And I don't, I think you're able to make very little headway. You're, you're kind of, you've incrementally dragged them closer towards the ship, but it's still like 400 meters away. And you're getting up to eight minutes elapsed now. You're looking down at your friends and you're seeing them start to tire and go blue in the face in the case of Crick. And there's a very real friction of fear that after everything, this ocean could be it. I have absolutely no idea what else to do. So unless anyone else has ideas, I will continue. Lorelei is just frantically continuing to drag. Go again. Um, Another athletics with advantage. 17. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I was actually kind of bit scared. Lorelei, you and Bugsy heave on those ropes and you manage to drag them limply across the surface of the sea. With that roll, we're going to say that you make it to the ship. But I think that the 10 minutes are up, so Corel's now got one level of exhaustion. I thought I did a saving throw. Oh, yeah, there is. Sorry. DC uh, Constitution, please. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? I rolled a two on the dice. So. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, okay. Corel does have a one level oh exhaustion. Oh, my God, guys. What's happening to us? That's... We've had a real bad day. Oh, this my is... God. To be fair, most of it's been happening to me. <laughs> That's one level of exhaustion. Disadvantage on ability checks. Uh, you... However, despite that, reach the sinking ship. It has kind of slowed in its sinking, and because it is sinking, how, like, however slowly, it's kind of tilted into the sea a bit, so it's not like there's a giant sheer edge or ramp to climb. You can just kind of drag them up onto the metal hull of the ship. Um, now that we've gotten closer, as everyone else is like untying Corel, can I see if I recognize whose ship this might be? Oh, yeah, go for it. And... I have advantage because I'm an owl and I have great eyes. <laughs> That's a 29. Yeah. With the 29, Lorelei, as you drag your friends up onto the flank of this sinking, flaming ship, straining against the rope, and you look down and you are immediately struck by the fact that you do not recognize what type of ship this is. This is not a fish-like pisky hull as used by the Trade Galaxy. This is not a triangular or diamond shape of Pelton Whaler. This is something entirely else. This ship has a kind of teardrop shape with undulating curved panels along the side of it. And the writing daubed along its prow, where you imagine its name would be, is not in a language you can read, but it is a language you recognize. Is it Turilli or is it one of the ancient languages? It's one of the ancient languages. Obviously, Septiva probably hasn't been sat there doodling, but um, do I recognize it from something one of... Uh, either Pima or her brother have drawn. It's nothing that Pima or Aya have drawn, but you recognize the writing because it was all over the city beneath the sea. So it's Septivo. Yeah, it's the Daishen. This is a Daishen ship. Are Daishen leaving the ship? 
Uh, you can't see anyone on the hull. Are people who were in the water out of the water now? Yeah, you've all been dragged up onto the hull of this sinking ship. All right, as soon as they're untied, Corel just starts physically attacking the hull. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do they just not stab at it? They just, they're, they're, just, they're screaming, clawing, and biting at, at the hull of the ship. <laughs> Do I think they might end up hurting themselves if they keep doing this? Yes. Um... <laughs> I mean, I could grab them, but calm emotions probably a better bet first. Oh, calm emotions is a group of people and a 20-foot tw- radius sphere. So you calm all of us. That's yeah, not a bad so thing. Yeah, so when Lorelei th- sees this is happening, she's like, ooh, I'm stressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, like... It you comes can, over and, like, fluffers. You, you can make a charisma saving throw if you want. Actually, Corelli is going to at this moment. <laughs> so fuck you. Pretty much. This was a saving throw, you say? Christmas saving throw. I move out of Corel's immediate area. <laughs> to there is no protection aura for this. 15? Uh, my save is 18. You are calmed. There we go. You would have got it so this if is, I'd stayed there. So this does only last a minute. Corel stops sort of mid-claw. <sighs> I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm having a very bad day. There's a nice moment of calm, and then another spaceship punches through the clouds in the distance and falls into the sea. <laughs> Lorelei's gonna communicate with Bugsy. Actually, no, Bugsy's Bugsy again. Uh, concentration. Oh, fuck, yeah. Lorelei's gonna, like, point with her her wing at Schlurp, so Schlurp uses the message cantrip, and let them know Lorelei's just gonna do go up with the still daylit rope yeah. in her claws and, like, fly around and see if there's anyone like in the ocean or if now that we've moved a little bit I can see a little bit further or like any further context about where we are and what the fuck is going on okay go ahead 32 perception check you carry that daylit rope up into the air and you do long passes around the ship looking for anyone else in the water any other ships that are nearby that seem to have life around them and you just see a turbulent dark ocean and you how long do you do this for uh i mean i can stay as an owl for like three hours so probably like 10 minutes or so yeah i think um you get almost to the end of the 10 minutes and you're there like i'm not seeing anything this is just dark and cold and empty there's just nothing here um and but you're carrying that glowing rope which i imagine against the dark surroundings is very bright and you're high up so you can be seen from a long long way away so as you come to the end of your patience lorelei a dark shape punches through the clouds only this time the ship that you see is not on fire is it still uh of daishen design it is it's very similar to the large one that your friends are currently like perched on but very very much smaller smaller than your own kj in fact and it is heading past you. Uh, you don't know what direction the poles or anything are here, but it's heading past you about half a kilometer away. You can just make out the light, the glow of its lights. It's not on fire and it's flying. What do you do? Do I have time to go back and let people know? 
or is it like split second this is a just a me split second uh i'm gonna go up to them and see if there's like a port where someone's looking out of it where i can just scream at them and be like try and get them to follow me okay uh you're gonna have to absolutely go hell for leather to try and intercept the ship i think that you're carrying that rope still and i don't think that you can see in through any of the windows they have like an opaque filter on a lot of them. You can just kind of see the like the glow of its lights and its wingtips and then a couple of its smaller portholes. So you can't see in necessarily. As you shoot across its prow with that rope dangling behind you, uh, the ship visibly readjusts its heading and then slows to a stop about 20 meters away from you. I head to where I guess an entrance is. Uh, you can see a large airlock on each side of it, like, similar to where the KJs would be, like, around the midline of the ship. Yeah, and I beat my wings to attempt to stay in a similar place next to the airlock. I, the airlock is like an aperture and a camera, um, so it opens up a tiny hole through which uh, the muzzle of a blaster is extended. <laughs> and a voice shouts at, out at you, but it's not in a language you understand. I'm just go... <laughs> I can't speak. I know. <laughs> no um, one can understand anything in the this The blaster, case. there's like another shout that you hear multiple voices inside and then the blaster is withdrawn and the door shuts. But the ship doesn't move away. I'm going to do a little like a little little sky dance. <laughs> and then I'm going to fly back towards my friends and then do a little sky dance and fly a little bit further back and try and get them to follow me. Lorelei, they turn... <laughs> and seem to hesitate, and then they slowly follow you as you lead them back to where the rest of your party is. Can I heal Corel up a little bit, please? Yeah, of course please. you can. Okay, I will use my channel divinity so you can have up to 75 hit points, however many you need. You know, I, I need about, well, 65 hit points, so that's great. Unfortunately, I can't do anything about the exhaustion. But, um... The HP is very welcome. Lorelei, you lead that ship back to your friends and find them huddled around a flaming portion of hull for warmth um, against this turbulent sea which keeps slapping up against the sides of it. Um, you see that the, the original spot where you dragged them up is now underwater as well. The ship has followed you here. What do you do? I start like flying in a circle so that I'm going to be at a little flying lighthouse. The ship hangs for a long span of seconds. The rest, the rest of you can see it um, hanging against the storm. And then it slowly begins to descend. And as it descends, it turns sideways to point one of its airlocks towards you um, down on the ground. And a it stops about two, three meters above the hull because the hull is rocking with the waves and the ship is trying to stay level with it to not get clanged and end up in a terrible situation as well. And it hovers and tries to keep itself steady just above the ship as it moves with the swells. And then a ramp extends from beneath the airlock port and down, down, down until it lands with a clang. And then that circular um, airlock unspools and opens up. And you have a glaring circular doorway of yellow, warm, artificial light. And standing in the doorway, battered, wearing worn, scorched leathers with feathers smoking, is a woman who looks an awful lot like a crane. She 
stares down at you all and blinks and then reaches up and rips off. She has like a little hooded leather leather cap and pulls it off and she is red and black and gray and white. And you know this bird, you know this woman uh, because you just saw her die. And she says in Tekkit, looking at all of you, who the hell are you? We're cold and tired. <laughs> <laughs> What's I can't remember what my, my I always mistranslated friend. Frond. Frond. So I point to myself and I say, Frond. He means friend. And the woman, Aliula, says, Okay, well, we can figure out what the hell you are in a minute. Unless you want to die out here? <laughs> Lorelei's fully just shuffle, like shuffling up on little little <laughs> owl legs. And at the last second turns into an Araswati again. Okay. Are you coming in or not? Yes, please. And she steps aside and lets the bedraggled mess of you shuffle up the ramp and into the ship, which is warm, almost swelteringly so. And then she slams a hand on the control on the controls by the airlock and it shuts and retracts and then she lifts up a wrist and speaking in very sharp clipped tones in a language you don't understand she just rattles off a, like a chain of words or instructions and then immediately steadies herself with a hand on the hull of the ship as the ship ar- like shakes around you and you can feel it start to move and rise up and get on its way again and then she looks around at the five of you uh Bugsy and Bruno too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she looks around at all of you and she's just like, right, follow me. And turns and marches away. And the only people who understand her are Corral and Crick. We're following her. Cool. As she leads you, um, you go past small cramped rooms through the doorways of which you can see frightened faces. Daishen, Torelli, even the big turtle people, the Krotor. There are Pomlan here too, segmented and sinuous. And um, she marches you past all of them. And as she goes, she starts talking to you over her shoulder going, Now, I swept this sea 15 times in the last 18 hours, and I haven't seen anything of your likes that whole entire time. So would you like to explain to me how you ended up here? We fell off a staircase. If that answer doesn't make sense, it's because it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) My friend is a little delirious because we've been stranded in fiery sea for the last um, little while. Uh, it's difficult to explain how we got here. We're not entirely sure how either, but we are here now. Then can you explain what you are? Because from the way I can see it, you're some kind of bald pink thing. And you, she says, pointing at Corel, are clearly some kind of servant of Lord uh, Theresial, or some kind of simulacrum made in his likeness. Is that why you're speaking using this language with us? I made an assumption. And then she says, in a language you don't understand, something entirely else, and folds her arms. From her intonation, does it sound like she's swearing at us? It sounds very much like she's just gone, unless you'd like me to speak in this language. No, no, that's that's fine. Tech, it, tech it's good. I'm not bald. Sort of. <laughs> I got hair. I, I think you're very hairy. Thank you. You reach a split in the corridor and there's another crane-like person waiting there and she shout like 
barks something sharply at them and they salute her and then move away. And she nods and then starts like unbuckling her wet leathers, which were drenched in that instant. She leant out to kind of invite you in. And then as she does, um, you can see like her arms and shoulders and they are covered in green circles, glowing green circles. When I see that, I go up to Schlurp and point. Um, Alila stops and then looks around at all of you again and goes, I suppose your mysterious origins are linked to the reason why all of you that I can see seem to have marks? Lorelei puts her hands up and boogies. <laughs> Sorry, she's excited and panicking. Yeah, Corel flare, flares up their symbols as well. She clicks her beak twice and then just goes, Of course! Of course! You don't seem surprised. No! Why would I be? The world is ending! Gods! Magic! Nothing is surprising anymore, frankly, bald pink thing. <laughs> well, how's this? We're from the future. Of course you are! <laughs> <laughs> and she sounds a little bit deranged. She's like, of course! Why not? Corel can so relate right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you be from the future... Let's take this conversation elsewhere before we panic half of the people in the belly of this junk heap. And she snaps her fingers smartly, slings her wet jacket up on the wall, and she's just wearing like a simple wrap of cloth across her chest. And she just leads you in like down another amazing snake of corridors until you're in a room with a, a huge curving window, presumably the bridge. And there are a couple of other crane-like people here and a Daishen who freeze upon her entry and then kind of nod at her and pointedly turn their backs to you as she comes to a halt and she says, Right. So, to recap, you're from the future, you all have marks, and you came here from a staircase of some kind? That's essentially correct, yes. <laughs> Why aren't the other three speaking? Do they not speak Tekkit? No, that was my first question. Is there anything you think we can do about the language barrier? I have bigger problems right now, frankly. I think we have to accept our role as interlocutors here, Captain. Okay. So, magic shit, god shit, where are the lords? The lords? He who guides, he who knows. Where are they? We could really use their help about now. Do we know where they are? We can ask. We can just tell them we don't know where the lords are. We we don't. Can I... Because before I've been able to work out like something connected to... Mm. I found the staircase by just sort of godly dowsing my way towards it. Yeah. Can I... And my star map that I use yeah. connects me back to my planet Chorus, which I know it's a really long time ago and doesn't exist and Araswati don't exist, but can I just sort of send out a signal, magic signal, and see if I get anything back and any even vague idea of where this guy might be? <laughs> I feel like you do feel an odd ribbony echo but also it's very faint and muffled like it's obscured somehow like there's something there's like another presence here somewhere nearby which is making it very hard to tell anything at all i let 
Corel and Crick know that so they can translate it across and then I'm like I try and explain my process to Corel to see if Corel can do the same for Kavoris. So to make sure that she has an answer. Well, to be brief, we know a few places they're going to be. We're not sure right now. My colleague here is is just reaching out but having a little trouble. She stares at you and then whips her head to Crick and just goes they, they, they have some strange ability to resonate with these lords. Oh, like a tether. Okay, so that's better than what we had currently, which is jack shit. We are on our way right now to General Kyleus because this is the best lead we've had in years. She said General? Yes. Do I recognize that name? You do. General Kyleus is Septiva's father. Could you tell us where we are? She looks baffled for a second, looking between you, and then just goes, Shen La. Right. Which is what is now <sighs> Azalea. Azalea, pleasure planet of the Namazir. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. I never have good luck here. Ever. No, you don't. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never coming back to this planet ever again. <laughs> um, Aliula says, where else would we be? There's nowhere else left. Shit, we are at the okay, end. Okay, we have the oh. now. <laughs> uh, I think I know where Teresiel went. Because me and me and Tali didn't find Teresiel. But you found Septiva. So you think he's going to be there? We need to find Teresiel after he sequesters Septiva and get him to send us back to our time. Okay. Okay. You're all going to stay exactly where I can see you. We are going to go directly to the Deep Palace. I'm going to deliver you to General Kylius. You are going to do tell them whatever it is that you know about the location of the Lords, and we are going to do our damnedest to turn this shitstorm around. Capiche? Capiche. I think I'll lean over to Faraday like, this is a lot different to the, to the Aliula that we saw before. I'm not, like... I can't understand her words, but the vibe is... It's different, right? But yeah, it's its different. It must be weird, right? To put it mildly, yes. Glad to know we were both, both me- messes in these kind of situations. <laughs> I don't think you're a mess, Stark. What do we do now while we fly? You shut up and sit down. And she turns and goes and looks out of the stormy window and she's like, if the gods are kind today, which they haven't been for the last five years, maybe we'll find someone else out here. And as she looks out, you see another ship fall from the sky in the distance. And she just adds, I don't know what our chances are like, though. It hasn't been. It hasn't been good. So, and then she changes her language and starts barking orders at the other crew members who've been kind of quietly sitting there like, we're not listening, we're definitely not listening this whole time. I'm just sweeping this floor. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not holding a broom, shh. And she starts barking orders at them and they come together as a well-oiled machine flying low under the clouds through a turbulent sky. Like They seem to know what they're doing. She knows the crew members well. She's quite sharp, but they aren't frightened of her it's a very grim and serious situation and they all seem like that they all seem like that like a honed knife or a 
a sharpened blade. They're all just worn down to bare metal. For the record, Faraday thinks she's awesome. <laughs> so does Lorelei. Lorelei sat there. I'm like, not going to tell Slurp so that. I'm like, cool. oh my god. <laughs> Craig does agree that she's cool, but also being told to sit down and shut up <laughs> has rankled his pride a little bit. But he doesn't say anything because he knows why she's in that mood. Mm. But Is Aliula still there while we're sitting down and shutting up? Yeah, she's a blur of motion, going from station to station, checking in on people, making calls on the, her wrist communicator, just constantly. Sometimes she takes a station herself and will do stuff that you don't understand what she's doing. The day-to-day running of a ship which seems to be falling apart at the seams, basically. I think they're not necessarily doing it to like, they can't communicate with her without magic and they're never gonna be able to do this again. So I think they're gonna try and communicate in the only way they think that she's gonna be able to understand. And I think they start playing some of the song they, like I think Corel did tell Shlerp about the song that they heard when they when they found the pick. Oh, wait, wait. You're Johnny B. Gooding her. <laughs> You're gonna teach it to her. Can I do this? You're, you're Johnny Page B. Gooding her. <laughs> can, I, am I, can I do this please? You can Johnny B. Good her, yeah. Yay! <laughs> But better. Your kids are going to love this. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Schlerb, and it's like, well, this is going to be my only shot to do, do anything like this, starts playing the song that they that they heard from Corel on their, on their violin. Aliula stops, and her eyes narrow, and then she comes marching over, like, a, a brisk as any other part of her has been this whole time that you've kind of been watching her and interacting with her and then she jerks her head to you crick and says how do they know that how do they know that song well we we picked it up what what does that song mean to you i don't know fudging around with something similar hey and then you kind of you're playing it and she reaches down and stops your hands for a second goes you're getting that bit wrong you're making it really sad. It's meant to be uplifting. I mean, I don't know what she's saying. Yeah, she's saying this to, like, okay, in, cr- in translate so Crick can understand. You're making it... It's meant to be happy. It's not happy. It's meant to be hopeful. Uh, I think she tries their best to change the tone to try and make it a bit more uplifting, I guess. That's That's better. And slow it down? They slow it down. And match this. And she starts like moving one finger to give you like a metronome beat. And she goes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's, uh, that's right. Right. Um, I should leave the bridge for a bit. I've been on my feet for too long. Uh, you guys need to stay with me though. Follow me. Don't wander off. Yeah. Yep. And she leaves the bridge and takes you with her um she descends down a few flights of very rickety stairs there doesn't seem to be a working lift in this ship this whole ship is very hodgepodged it's obviously been damaged or knocked out of the sky a few times and then put back together again uh, she takes you down to a long large room the largest you've seen yet it seems like it would have been some kind of mess hall but here there are a lot of like bed mats on the floor instead and it's full to the brim of people there's like a immediate silence when she leads you guys in and she raises her hands up in the air and says something 
in her language or whatever language that seems to be shared by these people. I will say as well, Schlurp, as she's talking, your markings light up and you can kind of, I think you have the realization that she's using that same power. She's calming the people here down and making sure that this panic and fear doesn't bubble over into something dangerous. She's kind of soothing them and making sure they're all right. And then she plunks you guys down in a tucked up little corner on the ground, on the bedding with the rest of them. And she says, um, what do you eat? We don't have much, but... Do you have anything that Teresia would eat? Because that's what I would eat. Well, I've never been in the company of the lords, but I know that he was he's a carnivore? No one else to, to talk to him, apparently. I've never talked to him. I know of him. I mean... Then where did you learn... Do you call it Tekkit? What do you call this language that we're talking in right now? We call it the Lord's Tongue. Anyone with a mark is firmly encouraged to come and learn it. How common is it to have a mark? Not very. There aren't that many of us. There are there are less now. Um, anyone with a mark who can help is doing it. There were a fair few among my people. Captain? D- Captain? Commander? Whatever. We're not really much for formalities at the moment. Um, right. My actual title is supposed to be maestro, but... But Captain, Captain will do. Captain Aliula, I know I said we're from the future. I do not know the best way to talk about all this. I may have been with this uh, this gang of um, friendly misfits for some years now, but I am still just a starship captain. And this time travel and gods and lords it it gets beyond me sometimes but i do know it doesn't do too well to know too much about your own future so i'm trying to be as helpful as i can i seem vague it's just there's not too much i i worry about saying too much i understand there is some part of me that knows that we aren't gonna win but that's not good for morale and I'm not the kind of person to just lie down and let it happen. So don't tell me. Don't tell me how it ends. I will tell you one thing. You are important. You are very, very important. So I don't know what we're here to do, but please take care of yourself. Because where we come from, we know you, and we know you matter. <laughs> okay, um, that makes no sense, but not much of this does. I know, I know. It, it, uh, all of this would make a lot more sense to me if, if I was on the bridge of my ship still with my uh, first mate and my crew, but it hasn't been that way for a long time. My original ship was one of the first to go down. We were actually on Grum. We were one of the only ones to make it out. I um, watched my uh, ship go down with my entire crew aboard. Oh, so the future is still a mess? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. At least there is a future. Oh, there is. I was, I was about to say, we can tell you that much. And perhaps you can take some hope in that that 
not everything ends. Endings always have beginnings coming out the other side. That's just how it is. And she clears her throat and stands up and says, I'll sort a variety of food. Again, it won't be much, but it should tide you over. I'm sure me and Faraday will be fine. We found our species tends to be able to eat anything. Let's say anything. They might give you tree bark or something. I mean, tasty. Yum yum. <laughs> I'm not really hungry. Um, Can someone ask two questions for me, please? Number one, what can I fix on this ship or weapons or anything? Secondly, if you've seen it, did you see something in its back? I, are you talking about the World Eater? Yeah. There's the lightning rod. The lightning rod? Yes. Uh, when it arrives on planet, there is always a storm, and she waves one hand up at the air, presumably just to the storm. There's always the storms first, and the lightning, and it always seems to come from it. And those of us who've been too close will tell you that this looks like a lightning rod. Did you say it's a spear? I don't really know what it is. Obviously, the future, things get mangled through generations. I was just... I'm sorry, I can't be more helpful. Like I said, I'll get you a variety of bits and bobs. We'll get you mostly on your feet for whatever it is you need to do. And I'm sorry if I was a bit sharp at first. This world is a whetstone. She turns and strides away and you guys are going to get like an hour or two in the belly of this ship with the storm raging outside. Aliula does bring you a variety of little bits of food you do not recognize. Some of it is vegetarian, some of it is meat. Mostly fish and like dried fish at that. And that's how the time unspools for the next couple of hours. She actually brings out a lyre at one point. It's not the beautiful instrument you saw in the Pantheon. It's cobbled together from bits of scraps of metal and scraps of wood. And it it doesn't sound quite as perfect or lovely as it should. But she goes from group to group and tries to get them up and singing. And she gets a few kids up and starts playing like a little dancing song. And she's just... She doesn't sit down, basically. She's just tirelessly going back and forth across this little space, trying to check in on people and make sure they're all right. Uh, Corel does lean over to Crick, actually, and says in this in Tekkit, what a twisted existence she has to be at the beginning and ends of everything. It doesn't sound like something anyone would choose. Yeah. I do wonder how we're going to convince her to choose that. Because someone's going to have to. We'll see. You seem to have struck a rapport with her. In some respects, I have had to face my whole universe falling apart, so I guess I empathise. I understand. Thank you. I hope you're holding up okay. I know that was a rough patch back there. <sighs> a lot happened. And you see Krell look over at Sh Shlerp. How do you express the sentiment that someone did nothing wrong but you're still angry at them. Why would you be angry at them? Because I don't like people messing around in my brain, Captain. Ah. Uh, I see. 
I think sometimes people do things that you know are not their fault and may even be necessary, but you don't have to like it and you don't have to praise them for it. But sometimes you just have to accept things and, uh, and move on from it. I know that's easier said than done. The advice is appreciated. I know why I know why it upset you. Um, and it is not something And can I just say likewise you did the right thing. I I was very certain, but looking back It's like I said, friend, this is this is gods and time travel and, and it gets way beyond me at times. Uh no, I just smuggle tea, so it's it's but I'm glad we've got you here, because you seem to have far more of a handle on this than I do. I really don't feel it at the moment, but I appreciate it. And one pirate to another. Excellent work, generally speaking. That was really good, Duncan. Thank you for that. I'm so here for Corel and Crick. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mutual respect. Rell's just quickly got to check their messenger bag just to see what state it's in after being in the ocean. The paper. <laughs> my papers! Oh no! The drawings! Yeah, all the stuff from and like, my s- my fragile scraps. <laughs> I mean, my messenger bag was closed. I'm just, I was wondering what the damage is. <laughs> the scraps are pulp. The no. drawings and notes that you took are bleeding across the page, but salvageable. Bloody ocean. I hate the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think Corel's gonna Corel's just gonna spend a couple of hours trying to recover what can be recovered. Okay. A couple of hours pass. The storm doesn't let up that entire time. It worsens, in fact. And there's no windows down in this room, this space here, but you can hear it howling beyond the hull. And this continues until Elila finally comes back to you and says we're about ten minutes out. It's quite a frightening approach. If we're if you're up on the bridge, we can get you out the airlock ahead of everybody else, and so you can keep on your way, and we can get you directly uh, to General. Um, and she stops herself and goes, "But General Kylius isn't where you need to be, is it?" No, it's not. And I don't. I have this feeling that we probably shouldn't uh, see him. I don't think we're supposed to. Where should I take you? Well, we're looking for a... It was the sewers. Drop us in the sewers! (laughs) It was the sewers, and then there was a blocked off bit. Would I be able... Since I was there, would I be able to remember where we think the other side of it would go? I think you can probably kind of sketch for a map, either using the stylus or using, like, one of your comms units. Yeah, draw a little map. (laughs) She peers over at it and says, That looks like it comes out with the canals? I can drop you by the edge of the South Canal and you can make your way where you need to go. Um, you might want to do something about the whole... And she points her hand at all of your faces and is like, this situation? Have you still got enough doodads for seeming? Do you have... Uh, do I? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, we can disguise ourselves. Okay. Well, I wish you good luck. Thank you, maestro. Thank you, Captain. Out of interest, 
What's that word mean to you? Captain? No, maestro. In its simplest term, it's someone who's a master of their craft, of their music. But the part of it that I liked the most was the heart nature of it. The maestro is at the heart of the band and leads everyone else in how they're feeling and can bring a lot of joy and wonder. A good maestro can make people cry, but a better one can make them smile. Then they've given the title to the right person. <laughs> You've barely heard me play. And she twangs her bodged lyre, and she's like, and this thing is Oh, I didn't mean mess. the music. Wait, um, the lyre's, her lyre's broken. Yeah. Well, it's not very good. Can I use mending to try and just kind of, I don't know, tighten it up, make it... Make it better, make it nicer. Yeah, you can do that. And then they just kind of come over. Again, Shlub's barely said anything this whole time. They just kind of take over, just kind of take the harp. <laughs> and they just use probably mending and probably some prestidigitation on it as well to just kind of make it as nice as it can be. You got an important performance to make? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Just before we leave, I'm going to go up and nudge Corella and just like... She won't know what it means, but this might be the last chance you get to tell her? Tell her what? That he's sorry. I look out of my bag and just sort of pull out the pulp. <laughs> uh, it's been a couple hours. I think you've managed to pull together a couple of letters. I would have helped with mending. Yeah, okay. In that case, I'd say that it's... The letters have definitely bled across the page, but you can make out the shaky words. As I've done before, I meditate on them and try to feel out if this is the right moment. Or if not the right moment, the only moment I'm going to get. It's funny because I've told you so many times that no, this isn't the right person, this isn't the right moment. But Corel, this time it is. This is... this is her. This is the woman at the end of the world, barely holding it together with her own sweat and blood. I take a big breath. I don't know where Lord Kavoris is, but some time ago, somewhere, they asked me to pass a message on to you. To me? Yes, to you, I think. Uh, okay. What is it? He says he's sorry. He's... he's sorry? Well, I was going to say that you can tell him that he can take that sorry and shove it up his big kite in his ass, but I'm going to do it myself! I love her. She's so much cooler than her husband. <laughs> Karel smirks. Sorry for what? Because... sorry for which part? Sorry for not choosing to confide in someone... He really should have confided in. Well, I know that I said I don't want to know about the future, but you've made me very curious. I don't know if anything I told you would help. I don't know if this helps, but I nonetheless have an obligation to my predecessor. Your predecessor? Ah, I see. Again, I'm being a little cryptic, but there's... 
I don't think there's any way to explain any of this without raising further questions. I think that you've given away more than you meant to. Yes, but this was necessary. Ah, how about I put it this way? When you see the biggest mistake that Kavoras ever makes, know that he's sorry that he made it. You say that to her, Corel, and then she leads you guys up to the bridge, and you watch as she takes the ship through one of the most harrowing landings you've ever experienced. Towering waves, huge storm clouds above, and then a volcano looms on the horizon. And it's not the eroded low ring of islands that you know from Napone City and from your own present. This is a towering shield volcano, absolutely immense, sprawling across the surface of the sea. She flies past it, and then she turns the ship on its nose and dives into the ocean, but not into the ocean because there is an enormous gravity well, a tunnel that plunges through the sea, down, 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 and she drives the ship into this vertical shaft until she has to suddenly yank it horizontal again and the ship comes to a hover in a cavern you know. The buildings are clean and tall, the streets unruined. The deep palace lies ahead of you and Pyros is somewhere above. Hey listeners, Paige here. I'd like to say a quick thank you to our cast. That's Leonie as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Shona as Schlurp, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Duncan as Corell, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. If you've enjoyed the show, consider leaving a review, recommending us to a friend, checking out our store, or becoming a supporter over on our Patreon. We're the indiest of indie productions, and every little really does help. That's all from me. See you in three weeks in the Maelstrom Galaxy.